New variants mean new shots and even more scare tactics. Dr. Peter McCullough has stated the most common question he's asked is, how do I get this out of my body? Spike Support Formula is the only product I've seen that contains ingredients researched to block and dissolve spike protein in the bloodstream. So whether you got the shot, you're watching the research surrounding shedding becoming mainstream, or you've had a bad bout of COVID, spike protein is a serious concern. And while we truly won't know the extent of its devastating effects for many years, there is something you can do right now. Hundreds of people, both with and without the shot, have reported better mental clarity and increased energy levels. Head to twc.health coffee to buy the wellness company's spike support formula and get back to feeling your best. Use the code coffee at checkout for 10% off your order. That's twc.health This coffee. is the Mimi for Coffee, coffee podcast. That's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, just kidding. No, it's all good, man. We can. We've had a lot of have fun. You got to have fun. Crazy things happen on this on this podcast. Honestly, and that's that's the beauty of it. You know, that's the fun thing. It's like we take life is so serious, and when we take do these conversations, it can get bog us down, right? So that's. Yeah. That's why I, I had the banjo in the beginning, a because that's actually my favorite pastime. It really is therapeutic. To pl- yep. just unplug music gets us to forget about things oh absolutely that's what i tell my kids too like go listen to some music you'll feel a lot better and, yeah. and helps you work through your issues even you know sometimes late at night you can listen to your music and yeah. you work through it and in the dark it's great just listen to music before you go to bed i'm with dr ben tapper director of epigenetics at the wellness company he's also a famous chiropractor as well he's a producer of an awesome film called the time is now thank you for joining us hey man thanks for having me pleasure uh had the opportunity to see you speak i believe that was one of your local town halls or something like that on twitter it was but a, a few years ago i believe when i looked you up when i got the booking for the show i remember watching that right on your on your twitter obviously it's been deleted now you're kind of almost trying to rebuild everything uh, right. on social media it has 1.5 million views you know at what point did you believe it was time to start speaking out hmm that's a great question. So, you know, I've been speaking out prior to crony baloney. I've been speaking out for many years just to, to bring awareness to the, the whole um, pharmaceutical corruption and stronghold that they have on the minds of the people. Not only that, but also the monopolization that they have on our healthcare system. I mean, they are they're monopolizing uh, on the most vulnerable, which is the ill, the sick. And, you know, they're. They're, um, how do you say it? And they scrutinize those who speak out against it, like myself. But, and that's a different topic. But, you know, I spoke out, I've been putting on workshops for many years and, and I put on, you know, flu workshops and influenza workshops. I put on vaccine workshops for many years. But really, you know, that's trying to educate the people. And that, and I wasn't really, um, you know, speaking on the um, corruption for how do you say it i wasn't getting really loud during that time because nobody really wanted to hear about vaccine corruption you know and i would have to basically buy people dinner to get them to come listen to my workshops 
And, you know, and then it wasn't really till 2017, we started um, like the Nebraskans for medical freedom groups. And we would talk about a lot of the draconian bills coming our way to eradicate, you know, our rights and freedoms to refuse pharmaceutical products. And so that's when we started in, um, in 2017. But in the 2019, things got really uh, interesting. Orwellian, if you want to talk about George Orwell, wrote a book in 1984. And I was like, man, this thing uh, was kicked off in 2019 because we had the World Health Organization making statements, bold statements like, hey, we need to really go after those who question vaccinations. I mean, if you if you looked at some of the statements that they claimed and stated in 2019, they said, you know, the greatest threat to our health are those who refuse vaccinations. That was in 2019. And then then you have the advisory committee for immunization practices, the ACIP, which is a subdivision of the CDC. They said, um, you know, they can't force vaccinate, but they can force compliance. Well, how are they going to do that? And that's one of my videos, too, that went viral early on. And I, I talked about that. You know, all those videos, I have a lot of speeches that I gave during 2020. Most of them went viral, but all the most of them have been deleted. And so I uploaded that one, the most popular one in 2020. And that was because of we had a mask mandate coming to Omaha towards the end of, uh, you know, we were one of the last cities that they had a, a mask mandate implemented and we were trying to fight against it saying, this is, this is it's dumb, makes zero sense. There's a logic behind it. Makes zero sense to wear a mask. You know, I'm still here. I'm not, I've never been vaccinated. Uh, you know, I put hands on hundreds of patients every week, ever since the start of crony baloney. And I always say, well, how many people do I have to see for this whole contagion claim is mathematically impossible. And thank the Lord I'm still here. You know, what, what am I doing that's um, sets myself apart from the norm? So that was a long winded answer to your, to your question, but I've been speaking out and putting these workshops on for many years. Yeah. We used to talk about vaccination um, uh, workshops. Uh, you also specialize in that as well, right? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm not, I like to consider myself a vaccine expert um, of really just on an area of vaccinations. I'm not an expert on all areas of vaccines, but, you know, on really on how these are entering the nervous system and wrecking havoc on the nervous system. And so, and in really just not giving into this fear, and you even seen Paul Offit, he's a, uh, you know, vaccine pusher. He's invested in the vaccines, I think, especially with the RSV vaccine. And he said too, like, you know, fear sells. And, and they push fear onto the people to coerce them and selling back more vaccines. And, you know, who was it? Uh, you know, one of my great mentors said that fear is the fire that fuels the furnace of disease. And fear should never be used in a, in a clinical setting, especially when it comes to, you know, pharmaceuticals, pushing pharmaceuticals on patients or any modality or therapy should never coerce the patient. You should educate, inform the patient. But uh, coercion is not consent, and that's the what we're seeing, especially with these vaccines. People were being coerced. They were put in a position uh, where they were going to lose their job, uh, where their livelihood is going to be affected if they didn't get the vaccine. And that's where going back to the ACIP statement. Oh, they're going to they're not going to force vaccine. They're going to force compliance. Well, they're going to make it really hard for you to function in society unless you have proof um, of of the vaccine. Well, absolutely. And I felt like people lost some common sense during all this. Oh, you know, they would hear somebody talk, but hey, you're radicalized and stuff like that. Trust the science. You know, even, you know, our our, our leaders in government got the vaccine. I was like, did they really get it? You know, right. I don't really even believe that. Right. Right. 
Yeah. Um, saline. I think it's all saline. And then you see those videos of the, that wasn't even a real needle or they want to have the cap on it. They're trying to, it's like this, big, it's just a big grand show, grand illusion. Um, you know, and you said common sense. Well, common sense is not so common. We're, we know it's, it's, uh, so rarity to have common sense in today's world, but it's, uh, and you said trust the science. And that's just a bumper sticker slogan for, to discourage anyone to really question the science. And that's uh, you'll hear that among the TV. The science is settled. They're safe and effective, you know. And those are all bumper sticker slogans to discourage those to ask to ask questions and to dig deeper. Well, I had to get my my vaccinations uh, from my work. Um, always, you know, threatening us with their livelihood and this and that. But the thing is, um, you know, people who were you know all for it and whatever, hey, it's emergency approved now. It's fully approved. Um, it wasn't, it was never, it was just emergency approved. It means it had to be the only thing that could deal with what is going on now, but it actually wasn't. It's not actually a fully approved thing. It hasn't been tested properly. Um, I had a chance to speak with uh, someone who worked at biotech Pfizer, and I was asking him about graphene and all the stuff that was inside this vaccine. And, and he was like, how do you know this? You know, how do you know that? It's like, well, I, obviously I'm reading up on this. It did divide us as, as a society. And there's, you know, the one side that still has to see the light of what's actually going on. There's the middle, you know, the middle people who've starting to realize it. And there's us at the other side who's like, okay, what happened the last three or four years is mind boggling. What's next? Now, we're going to talk about all the other stuff that happened after we speak about your um, your credit here, executive producer on The Time Is Now. If you had, haven't had a chance to go check this out, it's a documentary that Dr. Tapper worked on. It's fantastic. Can you talk about it? Yeah, basically, the whole purpose of the film was to tell the story, the other side of the story. And so that's why we have the film out there. We have you know Dr. Peter McCullough in the film. Uh, myself and just really sharing our story of what went down and the corruption that went down and really shining the light on the censorship, the protocols and and how the you know, this wasn't about health. This wasn't about, you know, the lockdowns and all this stuff was not about uh, health. And, and really, uh, we're trying to have something, some documentation to really shine a light on the story, because I, I'm afraid of who's going to write the history books on COVID. I mean, just as the Spanish flu 100 years ago, you know, if you Google the Spanish flu and read about it, they're going to tell one side of the story. But I have documentation that talks about the other side of what went down during the Spanish flu. Um, some there's articles written by some chiropractors, B.J. Palmer, who's actually right behind me here, that wrote an article titled The Few Fearful Physicians Forced Funny Flu Fribblets for a Few Frenzy Folks. And it talked about how they manipulated data. Um, they they scared the people with the media and the newspapers and pushed this fear-mongering campaign. Uh, they had virtue signaling. They had these masks. You were not allowed to enter stores unless you had a mask on. They had, and they had these signs that said, wear, wear a mask or go to jail. All this virtue signaling. You know, BJ wrote on there, like, we have yet to even see this flu on a microscope. Um, you know, and he said, does the big, does the mask, uh, stop the virus. He said, it's like, you know, does a hog fence keep out mosquitoes in reference to the mask? They had businesses that were deemed essential, not essential. Okay. And guess what they pushed on the market? An experimental influenza vaccine. That's how the influenza vaccine hit the market. And you're telling me, um, did they have long-term studies? And now I got 
package inserts from like Fluvaval that said there's, you know, been no controlled trials adequately demonstrating demonstrating a decrease in influenza after vaccination. So why on God's green earth would you want to be experimented on? So arguably that vaccine is still experimental. And now the COVID vaccine, when they tell me where are the long-term studies, I laugh. You're the long-term study. It's like if you get the vaccine, it's like we are, you know, we're we're learning as we go what this vaccine is doing to people. And arguably, this is the most dangerous vaccine that's ever hit the market. And it's really, uh, it's a crime. And, you know, I raise a question, when when are the lawsuits going to happen? Because Pfizer has no integrity. They have been shown to be a very, uh, you know, I don't like to, I mean, it's, it's evil. If you just boil it down, the word is evil. Anytime they know full well that they're causing harm on the people and they don't disclose that information, that's why they wanted to have the judge say 75 years before they submit any of the information. They, they wanted that information suppressed, their data to be suppressed for 75 years. But, you know, starting the year, the judge ordered them to release like 57,000 documents every quarter to show the the, the, the the damage that's been done. And they knew full well that this was causing harm and damage, but they didn't, you know, they didn't say anything. They said it's safe and effective. Just like they they were fined the largest U.S. fine in, in history, there was a two point three billion dollar uh, settlement for you know basically they were uh, caught found guilty for bribing physicians and politicians and um, to lie to the people about pharmaceuticals that they knew were causing harm and death to the people. So they had they were fined uh, two point three billion dollars on that. They were also fined I think it was a four hundred thirty million dollar settlement uh, for testing pharmaceuticals on Nigerian children without the parents' consent. So we're dealing with a company that has zero, has a history of zero integrity, and you know, and then we expect them to be, um, you know, all holy and, and almighty when it comes to the COVID vaccine, and think that they're going to have integrity when it, when it comes to their their data and what they claim. I mean, we can't trust these people. We can't trust the CDC, and this is where it comes to. Well, what do we do about it? You know, what's the solution from here? And the, the solution is we need we can't trust them. We can no longer trust the three-letter organizations, and we can no longer trust our government and big pharma when it comes to our health. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I truly believe that. I think the, the World, uh, World Health Organization is is rallying to rallying to have like a big vote in May on um, it's like a cross-border health treaty with 190 something countries and that's all happening right now. They're rallying everybody. Um, if that happens and you know, our, our, um, I guess our health needs to be a bit, always needs to be free. What we want for our own selves should be what we want, right? It shouldn't be what somebody else wants. But if we let people like that take control of the system, how do you see this all playing out? Well, it's creating the soil for revival to be, uh, rich, the soil for truth to be rich. So they've overplayed their hand. And and uh, I'm thankful for that because anytime there's oppression or that people have oppression on any angle, any front and any level or any side of, or type of oppression, people have a yearning for freedom, uh, for the truth, for solutions or whatever it may be. And that's the soil that we're in right now. And so is <clears throat> creating this, uh, the spirit of revival and the, and the soil for truth to, to be at the forefront and that's where it's paving the way for other uh, industries to, to rise and it's created an opportunity for true health to, to come to the forefront and so that's where i like the wellness company i like the you know uh, i stand with the wellness company because they are really you know paving the way here and we are in rough waters and i like to say that smooth seas never made for skillful sailors 
And, and it's not going to be an easy route. Um, you know, it's definitely not the path of least resistance, but taking that path of least resistance is what really makes men and rivers crooked. And so we are at a time right now where we're, we are in rough waters, but it's, you know, we are setting the sails and we're, we're paving the way, we're moving forward, and we are pioneering uh, a way to, to provide health care for other people in need without going to the hospitals or without going to the to, to, to the running to the to the broken system. The system is broken. It needs to be, um, you know, revamped and we need to have an, a different paradigm uh, shift when it comes to our health care because the people are starving for it. And that's, again, where the wellness company comes in. They're providing tele, telemedicine, telehealth for patients in need. They're offering true health care for patients, a different way, a different solution base. It's not going to be fear-mongering, um, um, this fear-based uh, medical system that you see right now. I mean, I can't tell you how many patients reach out to me and say, listen, the pediatrician made me cry. They say my baby's going to die if I don't get these vaccines. I'm like, that's coercion. That's really illegal. They should not be telling you that. Um, I mean, how? What? when did this occur? And again, it's like, again, the, the docs are being fed this this lie from the pharmaceutical industry. Their continuing education is being pushed by big pharma. And the time is now to really shift away from um, our current model. And that's, again, going back to the movie, why we kind of put the movie out there and hence the name, the time is now, because it's really a time of place where we need to put medical freedom in the Constitution to protect our health care rights. And that's what it's all about. Hence the name of the movie, the time is now. And, you know, Benjamin Rush, he was a signer of our Declaration of Independence. He stated that we must put medical freedom in the Constitution because the time will come when medicine will organize into an undercover dictatorship to restrict the art of healing uh, to one class of men. And if you saw my speech, I said that in the speech, but I said that time is now. And it is really, um, we have a short window to really, really get loud and to be bold and courageous in this time, to have good leaders unafraid of persecution and unafraid of what men might think of us and have conviction that's greater than our complacency and have having that conviction that's greater than our fear of persecution. Anyway, man, that's uh that's the whole point of the film. And again, hopefully I answered that question too. Oh, you did for sure. Um are there any children's vaccines that you would consider in any circumstance? You know, I I was never vaccinated. Um, and I'm here today. I'm healthy. People say, wow, you're as healthy as can be. My children are never vaccinated and they're as healthy as can be. Thank the Lord for that. You know, I, um, you know, you have to do your own research. I'm going to tell you that I, what I did, I don't, I never got any vaccines. I'm here. I'm healthy as can be. Now, I, um, I look at why do we do these vaccinations? Like hepatitis B is a sexually transmitted disease. Um, and, you know, you could pre-screen the moms for it. Hepatitis B is a, um, like I said, you get it by sleeping around or sharing needles, okay? It's a sexually transmitted disease. So why are we giving that vaccine in the first 12 to 18 hours of life when the mom is not sleeping around or not sharing needles? What's the logic behind that vaccine? And to me, that's why it doesn't make any sense. Um, you could pre-screen the moms for it. And if you ever look at the package insert of the hepatitis B vaccine, look at all the, look at all the crazy adverse reactions. I mean, we have encephalopathy. I think death is even on there. 
we have encephalitis, we have diabetes, we have MS, all these crazy adverse reactions. You're telling me I'm putting my baby at these at risk for these adverse reactions? Are you kidding me? Do do uh, or does the hospital does anybody give informed consent to the parents? No. Well, so let's just inject them with hepatitis B and call it good. We don't have time for the informed consent because it would take forever because of the adverse reactions. And so look at chickenpox. Chickenpox, I had chickenpox as a kid. I'm sure you probably did as well. Chickenpox is benign. It's only an issue in the first three months of life. And there's been clinical data that shows that if we have a uh, chickenpox naturally, we have a natural immunity to, to glioblastoma uh, type brain cancer, which is with a top two cancers that children get. And look at the explosion of the brain cancers in the last two decades, ever since the rollout of the chickenpox vaccine. And so, you know, I, I encourage breastfeeding and, and not giving to the sphere. And and if you look at the, the amount of vaccines that have skyrocketed since the Vaccine Injury Compensation Act of 86, I mean, we've had an explosion of vaccines on the childhood schedule. Now the crony baloney vaccines on the childhood schedule. And good luck getting that dumb thing off. It's like once that's on the, the schedule, you're not going to get that thing off the schedule. It's a, Now they have zero liability. So anyway, uh, going back to your answer, do I recommend any COVID vaccines or any vaccines in general. I'm just saying there's a difference between natural and artificial immunity. Vaccines are artificial immunity. Um, and it's it, what's better in nature is nature. We cannot approve upon nature. It doesn't work that way. Nature is always best. I had a uh, talk with a kettle farmer and he's kind of a good old boy and he's like-minded and he's got grass-fed cows. And, and we talked about how comical it is that, you know, you know, the whole system is trying to improve upon God's creation. Um, and like the industrial farmer, these cattle farmers, they pin up these cattle in these little pins and they have all this manure runoff. And I'm like, if you, and they're trying to figure out and improve on how do we, how do we solve that issue and that problem? I'm like, well, let's let them graze <laughs> the way God designed it. That's how you solve it. You know, they have all this E. coli runoff and coli breakouts because they're, they, they have take they took cows out of the pasture and they put them in this pin all pinned up now and it's not how god designed it and now and you have all this, these problems and you wonder why and you try to solve it it's like let's just get back and simplify meaning to remove simplify means to remove the unnecessary and get back to the way god designed it first off and you can't approve upon nature that's why i tell patients do you have more faith in a spoonful of medicine or vaccine than you do that in the power that animates the living world and the innate intelligence side of all living things that's telling your heart to beat, your lungs to breathe, your cells to communicate. Two cells formed the whole body. Two cells came together and formed this, this body. And you're telling me that it's flawed, deficient, weak, and deficient of a vaccine? Are you kidding me? From a Pfizer product? No. I mean, and people will tell me, well, vaccines are a miracle from God. Well, you know, that's that's a that's kind of a crazy way of thinking, to be honest with you, because vaccines are 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 uh, you know they're a byproduct of the pharmaceutical industry, and they're trying to convince us that our body will not survive without their products. It's a great business tactic. It's a great business um, marketing tool, but it's a fear mongering tactic to sell more pharmaceuticals, and it's just not true. Your body has the ability to be well and to overcome disease like Corona or some of these childhood uh, you know, illnesses like chickenpox, your body has the ability to overcome disease. Um, and it, it's, it's far greater than really anybody's ever permitted us to believe. 
we have the ability to be well as long as we give the body what it needs. Is that where epigenetics comes in? I know how your genes play an important role in your health and stuff and the behaviors in your environment and stuff like that. Right. So basically the whole model of epigenetics, you know, a lot of people say the terrain theory, right? The terrain theory versus the germ theory. Well, you know, if the germ theory were fully true, we'd all be dead. But, you know, germs do play a role. Absolutely. Um, but it's not to, you know, we're told that we're sick because of bad genes or bad germs like this droplet or, uh, you know, just bad luck. And really, that's bad science. You know, our level of health is the genetic expression of our choices or the choices that we make of how we eat, how we move, how we think, how we pray, how we relate. And really, it's all it's a continuum. We are either moving towards health and wellness or sickness and disease. And the choice is ours. And, you know, um, disease means dis ease disease means this means a state of away from ease okay and so disease is a, is a disturbed condition it's not a thing or entity like big pharma wants us to believe because once they create an entity out of it they can monopolize on it and that's why i don't even like naming disease or naming symptomatology just call it for what it is it is a disturbed condition and we got to get a, that body out of a state of dis-ease into a state of ease and we do that by focusing on obviously good food choices and removing toxicity and deficiency and moving into purity and sufficiency. And we do that through good supplementation like the wellness company has provided. And, you know, and that's really the key. And going back to genetics and understanding epigenetics versus the genetic model, the terrain model, it's a basically the environment we live in is going to be a plainer role. We were never meant to live in an industrial zoo that we live in. It's this big concrete industrial zoo. We have more stress now than ever before, more physical stresses. We sit way more than we should. Okay. Uh, we are more sanitary than ever before. Uh, we sleep in super soft mattresses, you know, and are in bad positions. And, and, you know, we have more emotional stresses than ever before. We have more chemical stresses than ever before. Excuse me. So addressing those stresses and, and focusing on good lifestyle choices, your body will start expressing health. And really, again, going back to choices, the choice is yours. And genetics, really, we're told that we're sick because of bad genes. And we can blame genetics for pathology, like one or 2% of pathology, like Down syndrome or cystic fibrosis. But if we don't have a genetic type pathology, we have an epigenetic lifestyle acquired disease. And that's the key of epigenetics. Yeah, I mean, when it goes, um, when you cater to it, say a diet for someone's genetics, is, is that possible? I mean, like I, I heard that it's, possible to like um you know each blood type has its own diet that is specifically for that i mean i i believe there's some truth to that absolutely i mean it all depends on you know your the your your where your genetics are derived from and where you're at but again it's everybody's expression is is different and going back to um you know <sighs> I like the illustration or the the uh, the story of Angel Angelina was it Jolie? Yes. And she had a she tested positive for that um, the breast cancer gene, and she went and she thought she was doing herself, you know, a favor because she's like, I'm going to get breast cancer. Uh, I I tested positive for the gene. I carry the breast cancer gene, and I, um, you know, so she went and got a double mastectomy, and you know, and I I cringe at that story because you know the doctors told her this is the right thing to do and i i but the thing is her genetics weren't expressing that cancer 
right? So she didn't have breast cancer. She might have carried the breast cancer gene. And she thought in her brain, well, it's a preventative thing to do. Well, you know what else is a preventative thing to do is, is to, you know, exercise or try to eliminate stress levels or, you know, um, eat clean. And that gene will never express that cancer. And that's the way it is. If we really started looking at our what's in our genes or what our genes are capable of expressing, you're going to find a ton of different diseases and disorders and ailments. But the key is, is that body, is the gen- genes expressing that disorder? So it doesn't matter really necessarily where, uh, what types of blood types and everything else, really. I mean, it does and it doesn't. It, it really is all about lifestyle choices that we that we are thinking well. Our thoughts can play a role in our are the expression of genetics and, and our eight thoughts can change our physiology. So, you know, and that's, again, the emotional stresses. We have more emotional stress than ever before. So it is vital to address that area of health because our thoughts play a massive role. Our thoughts can change our whole world. It can change everything. And having hope can do wonders for the, you know, um, how do you say it? The, the progress of a patient and, and hope is the most powerful drug there is if we give hope to patients. And that's why I was so like pissed with this whole Corona stuff, because they're just pushing fear mongering. There's nothing you can do. Just sit back, wait for the Corona vaccine. Okay. Thank you. I'll slow roll. I'll just sit at home and I'm doing my, doing my thing. Stay at home. Saves lives. Give me a break. Really? It's like, there's hope. Where's hope? There's no hope here. It's just, it. that's what, like, I was trying to shout the rooftops. Don't give in to this fear-mongering yeah. BS. You know what I mean? It's just garbage. Don't give into it. Don't be fearful. It's like, ah, fear is the fire that fuels the furnace of disease. Thank you, Fred Barge. Yeah, they never like, told anybody, like, hey, have, this is how you combat it, or, you know, this is what right. you take to, to prevent it from happening to you, and this is where it starts in the right. nose. Um, right. And just, you know, just, just wait, just wait, just wait, take this, uh, have this burger, you know, you get a burger if you get this vaccine. You know, you free get- donuts, free beer, there's free reefer. If you go get your vaccine, it's like, oh, it's like, are you kidding me? They were yeah. preying on the people that have poor food choice because they could care less about it. It's like, yeah, hey, roll, roll it up, get a vaccine. I watched a comedian give a spiel. I forget where he's at. He's like, you know, because I got a real uh, realization that I would have been one of those, uh, Gestapo's during Hitler's time. He's like, I just wanted to go get a beer at the pub. Give me my vaccine. I don't care. And he's like, Oh, the, the, those anti those anti vaxxers are the top roof here. I, I I'm gonna go get my beer. Like he was just he didn't care. And and I'm like, Well, that's the problem. So many people were just they just want to go to their sports. They want to go to you know work, or they just didn't care. But it's like, but that's the problem. Our government should have never done that to our people. They should have never coerced our people to do that because they knew that we would have rolled. Most of the people would have rolled up their sleeves to get this vaccine because your livelihood was on your line. The paycheck was on the line. Your family was on the line. And that's the problem. They coerced our people to do it. And that is evil. Should never been and shouldn't be done. And the people that are in charge of pushing this nonsense should be on the Nuremberg 2.0 trials. And that's just criminal. It's my blood going. You know what? I don't even think some of these numbers were correct, right? You know, they have like an actual ticker on like the news stations it's like the, yeah okay connected. that being said yeah i'm sorry to interrupt you you can tell me to knock it off so i'm sorry that's totally rude oh, good. but guess my blood pressure going dude so yes and i feel like a, a dog out of a kennel i got so much to say about this because this is my whole work and my research i study the national vital statistical system it's, it's amazing that i even got married and found a wife 
Okay, because totally nerdy stuff. But there's the National Vital Statistics System, the reporting system, a data system for the CDC. Okay, real nerdy stuff, right? But basically, I, this is where my influenza workshops are coming. I'm saying they're manipulating data to coerce you guys. And not only that, my wife's best friend's dad has a cremation business. Now, get this. He was all up in the crony baloney propaganda. And he was all fearful. And he's like, man, this is this is really a thing. And he's afraid. And, and uh, basically, he went to pick up a body. And he looked at the, the records. And he said they labeled his death as COVID. And this man had a gunshot in the head. He killed himself. It was a suicide. He's like, are you kidding me? They labeled it as COVID-19, cause of death. And so he reached out to me. He's like, and told me the story. And I said, welcome to my frustration, brother. And so then his eyes were opened because they were manipulating data to, to funnel all this in COVID. And if you look at the National Vital Statistics System, influenza, um, you know, every year they, they say 80,000 people die of COVID or I'm sorry, flu. Uh, you know, every year, 80,000 people die of influenza every year. And they couple those numbers with comorbidities. 90% of the deaths are in the elderly. Um, you know, they're on 13 plus medications. And they don't ever tell you that in the data. They just throw it all in there. They couple it with bacterial and viral pneumonia. Now, yes, pneumonia can lead to flu, whatever. But they couple all those numbers. They throw it under there and give you this one number. Boom. 80,000 people die of influenza every year. And they don't ever tell you that. And I can show you... Um, if you want to see an example of how this manipulation occurs, I'll show you a snippet, a screenshot of the NVSS um, and show you how they manipulate that data. And um, but anyway, 2020, I had my eyes on this, these numbers and influenza just up and disappeared. And COVID was skyrocketing on, on the data charts. And I'm like, are you kidding me? They are manipulating data right in front of your faces and nobody's keeping an eye on this. And so how many people like myself watching these numbers for years? I mean, I it was it was a I'm I guarantee you it's like point zero 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 one percent of the population ever watching these numbers. And I'm you know, so it, I was in a unique position. And I don't know if you can see the, this number here, but this is from um, the source is a national vital statistical system. This is from the CDC, it's a subdivision of the CDC, and if you can see. It, like in 97, like 86,000 people died. Is it backwards on your screen? Can you see it? No, it's, it's perfect. Okay, so now and it's all ages. This is the, um, so it shows influenza and pneumonia, like 86,000 people died. And really, if you look at it, um, influenza only. Big difference, right? You see that? Influenza only deaths. 720,000, 1,000, 1,000. So this is the common theme every year. But the media grabs these numbers here, and I'll tell you, wow, look how many people died of the influenza. And again, if you even go further in those in that data section, it'll tell you that you know 90% of the deaths are in the elderly. They're on you know comorbidities and 13-plus medications. And so it's that is called manipulation of data. It's illegal. They are doing it to to get people to, to deceive the people to get them on a, a vaccine, and that is evil. It's called coercion and manipulation, and it's not right because there's zero integrity. And so these are it's an evil, evil, evil thing. Anyway, what 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 is the the incentive for them to lie about this stuff though? 
Well, it's billions of dollars of profit. I mean, look at the flu vaccine is a, it's a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. Now, now, now the COVID vaccine made it on the childhood schedule. How many billions of dollars in profit are they going to get from that? And I just read an article, too, from Pfizer that they're going to profit now billions of dollars in cardiovascular medications. They create the problem. Now they create the cure. Are you kidding me? And this is what we're seeing. And this is like, you know, I, I, I like this, the saying, uh, what the seeds are to the farmer to bring a crop you know, vaccines are to big pharma to, to bring disease. And, you know, they are creating the very thing that they sought out to prevent. And it's it's not an immediate, but it's down the road. These vaccines are going to cause more problems and create more profits for big pharma. And that's, uh, in my opinion, what it's about. And, yeah, that, you know, that's you pretty ruthless. And it's, you know, very, you know, ignorant. You know, it's like me running a coffee shop and, purposely poisoning my people's uh, coffee and then coming back with like some remedy to remedy that. Um, <laughs> let's have some fun. You're a chiropractor also. Um, ring dingers. How often do you give out ring, ring dingers? Oh man, the ring dinger. That guy, I get that question a lot. Believe it or not. Ring dingers are, uh, you know, there's a time and place for, uh, you know, a, a Y axis type of an adjustment. And, you know, that gentleman, uh, God bless him, but you know that's something that I would not consider really chiropractic. Um, I think he does it from the little I've seen. It's like everybody and everybody gets that adjustment. The beauty of chiropractic and the science of chiropractic is knowing where, when, and what to adjust, and that's really the art of chiropractic as well, and the philosophy. I guess this is a three-legged stool, but knowing where, when, and what to adjust is very important. Is you know, and it's not just manipulation. I don't even like that word. It's very specific. And chiropractic is, uh, it's a definitely an art and it's a science and philosophy. And so, you know, I have done Y-axis adjustments and the people that need it, it does wonders for people. And that's what the ring dinger is. It's a, it's a type of a Y-axis type of adjustment. It's a decompression type of adjustment. And it does wonders for people. We, we were talking about, you know, earlier about uh, stress, the, the most stressful time to be alive now, the physical stress in your body. Chiropractic is a very good way to, relief stress in your joints, in your body. Um, and then also remedy that with, you know, other things like working out, taking it easy, stretching, um, yes. um, occupying your mind with something else. Uh, what are some things that you occupy your mind with when you try and tone down? Dude. Well, that's a great question. I, uh, you know, we all have different ways of uh, dealing with stress, but, you know, my one of my go-tos, um, A, you know, we're it, there's four pillars of health. There's faith, there's fitness, there's function, there's food. And, you know, I try the best I can. I, I love playing music and I worship, and that's something, too, that's good for the mind. It's good for the soul. It's very therapeutic. Um, you know, we need to, in fitness, we need to get out and move. Um, you know, just a 30-minute walk a day can do wonders for people. I always tell uh, people, like Ziegler said, you don't need to, to you don't need to be great to start. You just got to start to be great. Just getting out and moving is huge. Um, and you know, there's function. That's where chiropractic can come in. Um, you know, we need to function well and good supplementation as well. And so that's part of the food side of things. And just getting good food in the diet, food in the belly, uh, that's going to be something too. But really, you know, we are in a stressful place. And I, I, you know. I love just being outside, getting my bare feet on the ground and God's green earth, man. And that's, uh, that's what it's all about. 
Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Meet Me for Coffee. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, share the podcast, and follow us on all our social media pages. You can check out meetmeforcoffee.co for more information. Until next time, friends. Thank you.